With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Welcome to Wrestling Daft the Marks. Hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 181 pounds. I am John. I produce Wrestling Daft. I host this show. That's what I do. I'm with me, a man who is bigger than Roman Reigns' dental bill. It's Big Alex. Good afternoon, and does it count as a dental bill if it's been for implants? Is that not like some kind of plastic I surgery I bill? don't know how veneers work, actually. No, I think you'd have to go to the dentist to get veneers, would you? You do. They need to file down your teeth to be like mini teeth and then to cap them. I've got one done. <laughs> That's a man that speaks with experience there, and his name is Gary Cassidy, Scotland's answer to Dave Meltzer. Um, who's been a bit pissed off this week looking at Twitter, Gary. What's, I want to read out Gary's uh, Twitter stream from, uh, and I'm, I want to get to the bottom of this to find out who's pissing off. This is how the twi- Twitter stream goes, Alex, if you've not seen this. What I do when verify, verifying the credibility of news stroke rumours, trace a story back to the original source, always check who reported the story first. Make a judgement call on the credibility of said original source by looking at either their track record and... Uh, slash or evidence included. Just to add, it's also the responsibility of people and outlets posting said rumours to credit them properly. It's about proper accountability. If you credit the rumour correctly, the originator is responsible. If you don't, you are. And now that sounds like it's more than 62 characters before Oh, we... oh. this is where this has went over a <laughs> Several few. Several tweets. <laughs> and it makes you a bit of a dick too. Oh, and stop believing people who simply post rumours suggest with some kind of huge story. Look, that was all in capitals, for where the rumours originated from. Anyone can post anything with those two words at the start. Gary, who's been pissing you off? (laughs) Many people. (laughs) A a lot of people. I I see it all the time. I mainly see it on Facebook, but I've seen it on Twitter, specifically last night with, uh, and I know we'll get into it, Mauro Ranallo, um, leaving WWE. Dave Meltzer posted that about 20 minutes before it came out as official. And in the course of the next five minutes, six or seven accounts I've seen all posting, uh, about an hour is leaving WWE. And I'm like, well, it probably is because Dave Meltzer, I don't think, would post yeah. that being knowledgeable about it. But you posting it, it's either stealing his news for your own good or deliberately cutting him out when he's the one that's done the work to get the credit for the, for the actual news. Thankfully, no, something that's really happened to me because I don't break like the biggest news stories, but it's something that I see a lot and it pisses me off a lot. So <laughs> you are so easy to get biting, Gary. Honestly, <laughs> I think we should have like a fishing competition every week to see who can get Gary to bite. I was <laughs> just, uh, I was getting up on my soapbox, so I was the same height as Alex for a change. That was. Uh, <laughs> that was, all I was doing. We're gonna have to make some like new spoof Twitter accounts. So get thinking of your most ridiculous wrestling orientated names that we can just slide under Gary's radar. Yeah, yeah, just slide it to Gary and just see if he bites or not. That's a great idea. So if you want, if you, if you want to do that, right at Wrestling Gary, see if you can get Gary to bite. Then let me and Alex know secretly so we can talk about it on the show. That would be brilliant. Um, 
Before we get in, Gary doesn't look very happy about this idea. <laughs> no, no, I, I can already see it um, coming to life and uh, pissing me off even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into the show, I think we'll um, look back at uh, some stuff that's gone over the last. Oh, before months. before we do that, can oh, I can yeah. I do a quick shout out? A shout out on what's doing? Yeah, yeah, right. It's like commercial I want to radio. Do a quick sh- I want to do a quick shout out to the man at the gym this morning who recognised me from this podcast. Shut up. Yep, that's never happened to me before. So, I mean, there you go. Shout out to that man. I don't know what his name is, but... Did he ask you for a selfie? No, no, I didn't. I mean, he said he recognised the voice. He didn't say he liked the podcast. So, I mean, there's there's a difference being recognised and someone liking you, you know? Uh, Did he let you actually do your workout or was he bugging you about turning Japanese for the entirety of your time there? No, no, it was fine. It was just at the end. And, you know, at the end of the gym, my body was very much like, what the hell did you just put me through for the last hour? Please never do it again because, you know, it's been so long. It was such a shock to the system. So I was a bit bamboozled, personally. Oh, you were talking about joining Wolfgang's gym at some point, weren't you? Maybe, maybe. When I'm I'm able to do an actual gym session, be around the I was going to say... There's a lot of uh, the wrestlers that train at Wolfgang, like Noam, I think, trains there. Stevie Boy Jay trains Lee. there. See, see, to be honest, it's just the fact it's called Iron Girders and the fact that the logo is the Iron Brew logo. That's that's why I love it so much. Like, yeah. Even without the Wolfgang Association, that's still my favourite gym. You're going to be marking out of that gym too much to do a workout, Alex. I wouldn't, I wouldn't move, Jim. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, I've seen like they've got a picture on Facebook with Davy Blaze doing a lift, and I'm just like, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, does does anyone do you want to do a shout out for anyone, Gary? Um, nah, not nah. in particular. Nah, hate everybody. So why would you? Why would you do a shout out? Gary, oh, this could be a fun podcast. <laughs> Gary's on one this week. I love it. Um, right. Do you want to do, do you want to do the the promo this week, Gary? <laughs> uh, no, I'd just be repeating what you've just said, right, so okay. it would be worthwhile. But, okay. oh, no, I, I, can, I, I can do one if you want. I can no, it's all right, it's okay. I've got, I've got that, but just in case you want a soapbox to jump on, this is your opportunity. Nah, nah you're like, all right. I've, okay, I feel like okay, I'm, okay. I'm relaxed. We've covered that then, so Gary hates everyone. Uh, let's go back to Nick. Last week, the PWI Top 500 was announced. I'll just go through the top 10. Um Number 10, AJ Styles. Number 9, Kofi Kingston. We should do it commercial radio style, you know, get some sort of... Non-mover at number nine, 10, nine, it's AJ nine, Styles nine. at number <laughs> can, 9. It's can, can, we, can we merge that with like the bingo one and the jokes about each number as well? Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, at number 8, it's Seth Rollins. At number 7, Cody Rhodes. At number 6, Kazuchike... Okay, I'm just going to say Okada. Uh, at number 5, Naito. At number 4, Drew McIntyre. At number 3, I think he was number 1 last year, it's Chris Jericho. Moving up lots of places to number two, it's Adam Cole. But at the top of the charts for the first time ever, it's none other than John Moxley. See, before we talk about it, because I think it's for the listeners, because I wasn't sure about this until I checked it out, of how they rank the PWI 500, John. Are you aware of this? I, it's I, kayfabe completely. Yeah, it's kayfabe matches. Takes, so it's like their actual win-loss record in the ring. I, but it takes some different things in, like in terms of storyline championships and stuff, because... Um, the highest lady on the list was uh, Kylie Ray from Impact Wrestling because she's done a load of intergender matches and they somehow have that as a you know a signifier that obviously she's been instru- instrumental in making intergender matches like quite a prominent thing again. So they, it is mainly kayfabe, but at the same time, they kind of bring in other things. So I, I think it's worth always noting that 
there's a lot of things I agree with on the list, but it's worth always noting that it is kind of subjective as well because they it's not completely win the loss and it's not yeah. completely, you know, judging ability and stuff like that. It's kind of like the Apple podcast charts. They just kind of make things up as well. Are you trying cool. to suggest that the podcast charts are rigged, John? Is that is that the suggestion absolutely here from not, the podcast absolutely, producer? Absolutely not. But if, if you rate and review this show, we'll go higher up the chart. So I'm just saying, I checked the other day there. Wrestling Daft is in the UK, or it might be worldwide, actually. It charted, didn't know it, it can't be worldwide. I'm making that bit up. But in the UK, we are in the top 20 wrestling podcasts in the UK, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, kayfabe regardless, uh, what do you make of the list, Gary? It's the fourth time in six years that a Shield member has topped the list, which I think is interesting to note, but obviously the first time that it's been won outside of WWE. Um, for me, I... Oh, it's kind of hard to disagree with a subjective list, but I don't think I'd have had Moxley at the top personally. I think I'd have had, you know, being a bit biased, maybe Drew McIntyre, maybe Adam Cole, um, somebody like that. I do think Moxley deserves to be near the top of the list because, you know, he's been doing good work both in America and in Japan, um, I guess, over the course of the last, I think it's calendar year. I'm not sure how how it works out, if it's calendar year or if it's... August to August or whatever. Um, but I have not really got many arguments with it. For me, I think I'd have put, you know, Drew McIntyre a bit further up. Um, and yeah, n- no real arguments. I'd have liked to see a few women higher up on the list. But mm-hmm. I-, I mean, I guess, you know, it's nice to see them represented in the same list anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thoughts, Alex? Anything from you? I'm kind of with Gary on the Moxley thing. Like now that he's mentioned it, I'd have personally think. Cole should have been number one because he held that belt for a whole year. I can't yeah. remember a match Adam Cole lost apart from the match to Keith Lee. And it's not as if he had a an undefensive title reign. Like he did loads of matches. So that's that's actually a bit questionable. I did see someone put out on Twitter that was there not four Scottish wrestlers in it? So there was Drew, there was also Mark Coffey, and then there was Joe Hendry, and then was Grado not in there at like Grado, I was gonna get into it. Made the top 500 wrestlers yeah. in the world. At was he not ahead of Joe Hendry as well? He was at no number 454 despite... Okay, so he was behind Joe Hendry then. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, so uh, Grado was amazed himself. Uh, I put him over on Twitter for it. But Grado hit number 454 in the list. So he is there. He is there. So well you, done, need, you need to go through Grado. Like, on your next The History of Grado podcast, you need to get, like, every year he's ranked in the PWI? Or is this the first time? No, he's been. I think he's been as high as two hundred odds before that. Yeah, yeah, we well, should. You should. You should track that. You should go through uh, the career story. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and if you do want to hear the story of Grado, it is available on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Might as well get the plug in there now. Um, let's go back to payback on Sunday. Obviously, hot off the heels of SummerSlam. We, we talked about it on the show. It's just a bit weird having a pay per view right after one pay per view. Um, Decent card, decent pay-per-view though. Did you any of you boys see it? I I really liked it. I think um, the first maybe three-ish matches, I was like, oh, this really feels like a pay-per-view that's been booked a week after one of the big four pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, but all the matches were enjoyable. And then obviously the, the last kind of few matches, I think, were brilliant. Love any pay-per-view that comes in at two and a half hours. So I, I, I really liked it. For what it was, it was good. Yeah. Matt, well, I have the opposite opinion. I hate to sit and disagree with Gary, but I really didn't enjoy much of it did at you all. Know? Like, I mean, a couple of issues. The main one is that I can't believe that Nia Jax was in my match of the night. That really irks me. 
Oh, I love the I mean, all the content that's come yeah. of that Get Up Hour has been has been okay. That would I mean, probably finish, finish that match by yeah, really with the double strong... using was it uh, Sasha's arm on Bailey or whatever it was. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Shayna looked. Uh, hopefully, they're going to book her as strong as they did in that match going forward because she looked so good in that match. Well, I'll admit that most of my dislike towards it was that main event. I really didn't like it. I didn't like this whole keep Roman back with the contract check for the like whole that. thing. I and then that. to just have Fiend and Braun go at it. And the, the thing that really pissed me off the most was why did we need the breaking the ring spot yeah. for the 206th time? Yeah, and you knew it was coming for the start because they used normal ring posts. The second I seen those at the very start, I was like, well, the ring's getting broke. <laughs> it's, it's the same as like, it's, it's, if they had broken it in a slightly different way or just not used, it's the exact same thing that happened, what was it, 10 years ago when Sho and Lesnar did it originally. And I just, I just, just hated that trope. And then the whole range just coming at the end doing one spear at the fact that the only thing that's changed in his presentation is he now wears a t-shirt instead of a vest. So if anything, I actually like it less than like his old presentation personally. And I'm just like, oh, it was such a waste. I mean, I'm so sure I like get... the Reigns thing, but the one thing that I think is um, if only we had somebody right now that had a contract that they could cash in mid-match like Reigns bo- was booked to do. Oh, wait, we do. Otis with the money in the bank contract. That's not, <laughs> like, you could have, they could have like, went and taken out Otis and backstage and used that or something. There could have been a better storyline to have him just appear at the end of the match. I, I liked it. I, I liked it because I think, it, you know, it well and truly, you know, we're talking in the programme last week about you know, it puts him over as a heel now. It, it, it just puts him in that heel, and that's why I thought it was really good and a really smart way of doing it. Having Heyman coming out, signing the contract, that I thought it was, I thought it was really good. The other, the, other thing, the other thing that makes no sense is why did they bother having Fiend drop the belt to Strowman the week before? <laughs> it, 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 I, like, I'm just that's that's the one thing you would say if they were going that way. And you, the, why would you drop? And you know, obviously he didn't take the pin. The Fiend didn't. Yeah, take Braun the pin. took the pin, but. You could have just had the Fiend not involved. Is it maybe so they can put the Fiend straight in for his automatic rematch clause and just ignore Braun entirely? Remember, there's no such thing as a rematch. No, oh, but then they do it anyway. I know. <laughs> like they do I it know. when it picks and chooses them. So they've just, for some reason they've just, they've overbooked a trope that they just ignore anyway. Where so. do you go now, Gary? Where where do you go with this now? I mean, who are the can? You know, obviously they're going to run with. Is are they going to run with the Fiend versus Reigns? But then who you? It's like a heel Reigns. You don't want to put if you want to make Reigns into a heel. You don't want to put him against the heel, do you? You want to put him against the best babyface. And the only way I can see the only way I can see that going is Big E. That's the only way I can see it going. John, who is the biggest babyface on SmackDown? We've been covering this for weeks. Oh, it's God. Jeff Hardy. You put him against Jeff Hardy because he's the number one babyface now, right? Well, it was Braun Strowman. It was well, he's, he's gone now. He's picking him out of the equation. He's, he's no longer the champion. I think The Fiend actually as a baby face. I've been saying this for a while. He's that kind of anti-hero thing that we all like anyway, despite him being you know, a sadistic murderer, essentially. Um, but I, I, think, I think we get The Fiend versus Reigns for a little bit longer. And then I think, unless they, you know, put it off to the Fiend v. Strowman again, but I don't think anybody needs to see that. But I would do that and then have a kind of slow build to Big E. I don't think that's something you need to rush. I see, actually think it's worse if you rush it. I would, I would keep that for a wee bit. See, yeah. if you're going to do the Big E reigns, it means you can also turn the Usos heel, align them with reigns, and then you can get even more legway out of the New Day versus right. the Usos with reigns involved as well. And you could actually build quite a good little storyline with that. You can then have the precursor of having the 3v3 and that kind of stuff. You're forgetting like Daniel Bryan still to come back as well. So yep. 
there might yeah. be, you know, a, on an angle there. But yeah, I, I guess they are, you know, they're obviously lining up Alexa to play as kind of Harley Quinn, kind of to the Fiend's Joker kind of role. So that, I'm, you know, that excites me. I, I really look forward to seeing that. Um, but yeah, a decent paper for your thought. Obviously, the book really Keith Lee looks like he's been booked to the moon um, going going forward. And uh, Matt Riddle getting the, the win over Corbin as well, building him as well. So good to see the actual NXT um, graduates getting used properly for once, which is good. The one thing is they they kind of they booked it as if Matt Riddle beating Baron Corbin was this massive upset on the commentary, and I'm like. Really? No. I was about to say he's an ex-heavyweight champion, but he's not, is he? Because no. he lost his money in the bank. Money so, in yeah, the bank and really the any... United States title. But uh, but I was like, it's not a massive upset at all. It's, but I, I get why they've done it. But I was just like, bit of a disconnect there. But good news for you, Gary. The bad luck continues for Baron Corbin. So how many days are we in? How many hours are we on now? I stopped counting after he'd yeah. done his win because he got one win on SmackDown. But on Drew Gulak. Aye, but I, so I stopped counting after that, but I think we're aye. We're, we're still six years away anyway. Six years in like 10 months. <laughs> well, keep going with that. So yeah, uh, payback, decent. Um, we'll disagree, probably... disagree. I, I'm having nothing to do with right, you. Okay. Payback is decent. I'm having nothing to do with the two of you and that's, that's not represent my opinion. There we go. Uh, later on in the show, we'll get all the, the news from payback and all the other stuff from Gary. We'll have your buddies and putovers from the big show. Um, we'll be talking SmackDown, Raw, AEW, and NXT. And it's another one of those weird weeks when we're talking about it before a pay-per-view is happening and the pay-per-view is happening. It gets very confusing, but we'll be doing that later on the show as usual anyway. Uh, this week is a bit special on Fantasy Booking Island. Last week, it was a time limit draw between myself and Gary so it is a triple threat match myself Gary Alex all going at it and you guys will get to judge on the best booking I will tell you exactly what that booking will be from the listener suggestions we're going to get to that a bit later on on the show and we're heading to the land that spawned two characters in Street Fighter 2 as we once again turn Japanese with Big Alex I'm right in saying that was, it was E-Honda and Ryu were from Japan, weren't they? Yes, correct. Well done. And Thank you. Well done, John. Well done. I mean, Honda Thank is you. like a Thank sumo wearing a But first, let's cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, Gary, you've had too much of a promo already. You're getting very angry. Just pass the mic over here. Thank you very much. Um, I would like to talk today to you people out there about celebrities who name their kids with stupid names, right? This has come to my attention. Congratulations to Mr. Ed Sheeran and his lovely wife, Cherry, who had a daughter. Uh, and over the, I saw this on all the Facebook and Twitter. I never thought that this is how this promo was going to start. Congratulations, Well, I thought, been, I thought I would throw it. I'd chuck them aboard. But they've named their the child Lyra, which is okay. It sounds a bit like a stripper's name. I hope... Sorry, Eddie. They've stolen it from his dark materials. That'll be why. Yeah. Um, so Lyra, they've mentioned Lyra, so that's fine. I'm fine with that. But the, the middle name, they've named it Lyra, Lyra Antarctica Seaborn Sheeran. Now, I don't know if Antarctica is like, it's like Lyra Antarctica or if the Antarctica is like, you know, I've got a middle name. My name, middle name's Richard. I never say that that's that. So hopefully it is one of those names. But if it is Lyra Antarctica, I am totally against this. This all kicked off 
with Chris Martin and Gwyneth naming their child Apple. Apple. And then we've had Beyonce and Jay-Z with Blue Ivy, with Kim and Kanye with Northwest, and a special shout-out to Robert Rodriguez, which is actually a cool name. He named the, his kid Racer. Racer Rodriguez, right? Which is actually quite... Cool. That's an excellent name. <laughs> Do you think we can get on Twitter to get his next one to be Punishment Rodriguez? Bye. You can you can start that campaign to bring Punishment Rodriguez back. But, I mean, like, come on now. Do you know what? This is this is not helping here, right? It's not helping the Johns and the Garys of this world, the Alexes of this world, all these fancy fucking names, right? Just go and, go and just name your child normal. They're naming them after wrestlers. I mean, if you go to down that list saying, you know, it's Apple versus Blue Ivy at SummerSlam, you know, that sounds like a wrestling match. You know, Northwest versus Racer. It sounds like a wrestling match. Right, so here's my message to celebrities out here, because I know hundreds of them listen to this um, uh, podcast. If you are naming a child, John, Gary, and Alex are good names. Go with that. Go with that. Don't think of Antarctica. Every week, we look at the big wrestling shows from across that week, and it's one of those weird weeks, like I said at the start of the show, when a pay-per-view kind of got in the middle of the WWE stuff, and we're also building towards the AEW All Out show. Um, Anyway, we look at all the show. Alex does AEW, I do NXT. Gary does Raw, and we always like to get one of our listeners on to be a guest mark and cover off SmackDown because that was always the kind of short straw, but I'm now thinking it's not really that way anymore. Um, but thank you very much to our patron. He's a big contributor to wrestling daft. He's been on here before. It's Bronze Cello, a.k.a. Paul. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. How about you all yourselves? She's all good, yeah? We are. Thank you very much. Uh, he is on, if you're watching the video version, um, he is on with his chips, cheese, and Donner meat t-shirt. Well done. I know Alex has got his on as well. You're matching. <laughs> it's, it's, it's chips, cheese, and Donner meat section. Surprisingly, you've went for the red and white version as opposed to the classic wrestling black and white version there, Paul. Yeah, it's like my whole wardrobe is just black t-shirts. So I thought, you know what, I'll go for something different. So. I like it. I like it, yeah. <laughs> I've done, no one's went for the yellow. I've never seen anyone buy uh, the yellow version of it yet, which... Um, yeah, do that. And if you want to buy a t-shirt, we know what happens there. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Lots of great t-shirts up there. Anyway, thanks for coming on, Paul. You've got to do SmackDown for us. Looking forward to that and the build-up to payback. Uh, but let's kick off, as we normally do, with Big Alex and AEW. We had... Eh, it was an alright show. It was yeah. fine. It was acceptable. We had Darby jumping off another bridge and we had possibly the worst line from JR ever this week. Mm-hmm. Which was, um, Jake the Snake Roberts! He's, he's, he's like he's orgasmic! I mean, that's a disturbing thought. And I was just like, oh, you can't know. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty apt description of what Jake was like mm-hmm. at the time, but it was still somewhat disturbing. So, hmm. And also, was I the only one that noticed at the start of the show they went a bit mad with the pyro to maybe try and be like, look, we have a Thunderdome too. <laughs> I'm just uh, glad we got, because I think last time you were pretty late in the kind of putting over JR. It wasn't quite a put over, but you kind of put him over in canon if you run the last episode and this episode. I think he was put over for about three seconds before you buried him again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, that's all it was. That's, it was just that, I'm not sure if it's a barrier or a put over, but it was just a bit disturbing, that one. Yeah. We did have Jericho and comms, though, so that was good. 
Yeah, commentary was pretty good this week, actually. I like the rotating desk. It's quite good. It does like spice it up a little bit. I mean, I yeah. miss Excalibur, and I miss the fact that they haven't explained where he is, but that's, that's beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, first actual pullover of the week. Hangman Adam drunk in his arse page. Because we've been saying he's going to turn heel for weeks, and he finally turned heel, and he did it in... I thought it was a great little way. He kind of did it, like, and he felt so banged up about it, and he was ashamed of what he did, and the way he just sneaked off out, and then they found him in the bar, and then they kicked him out of the elite. It was a nice little kind of bow on the top, I felt. I'm but, disappointed that they turned Hangman. Aye, I'm the same. And then they didn't do Omega. I'm quite, I think, I I think quite Kenny will still... Oh my, yeah, because that's the interesting one. It's unless they kind of further break up the elite, but potentially. Because Henny, Kenny has been going a bit heelish, or else maybe they've decided to just revert back from that and just ignore the Kenny heel turn. He's yeah. been kind of te- uh, teasing the return of the cleaner gimmick, which is why I thought they were going to go a wee bit more heelish with him, and I thought he was the perfect guy to turn on Hangman, because Hangman's like a likeable face. But I, either way, I think it's exciting anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 an interesting one. It's good that they're kind of they've not been completely dependent on the elite the entire time running the show. So, but the other thing that makes no sense is that he's in the match, and like, why would you want to face FTR? FTR have looked brutal since they've come into AEW. It's like you'd want to face like the Natural Nightmares, or at the very least, even the Best Friends again. But you would not want to face FTR. But maybe that's just me. It's just yeah, yeah. Well, Onto the buries now. I'm going to be really good and not bury the this the woman this week, even though Penelope before did do a huge botch, and I believe she was also wrestling for free makeup and free dental care. Can so we I'm mention that? Um, can we mention that it was Penelope Ford that came out and not the previously advertised on AEW.com Penelope Cruz? <laughs> they can't even get the name of their own talent right. Oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> yeah, we're going to move on from that because the women's division gets a beating. So let's 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 be nice. Let's not bury that. So what we are going to bury is the fact that Taz has named his faction a name that's incredibly similar to a faction that debuted less than two months ago. But I thought they're going to get confused between FTW and FTR. Is that not going to confuse anyone else? Oh, I didn't even know he'd named them FTW, but that's, yeah, that's not good. Because <laughs> well, they kind of came out to like, they, maybe it's just new music for Brian Cage, but they came out to like a new Titantron that just had FTW on it. Mm. And yeah, it didn't have Taz's stupid voiceover at the start about who can walk the path of Brian Cage, which made no sense. But did you also notice it looked like they had some kind of Nike sponsorship? Like Nike and Brian were both wearing Nikes, right? And then it was a, there was a tick on Nike's, on Taz's FTW hat. So it makes me think he's... Trying to get a cheeky wee merch deal with Nike, like Michael Jordan back in the day. Why get freebies? Why not? Take it. I mean, why not? Take it. Why not? Like, so, um, yeah, that was a bit, that was a bit silly for me. And my other berry of the week is MJF's lawyer, because he's got to be a pretty fucking crap lawyer if he's going to miss the page in the back of a contract. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on, man. You deserve this match that you're stuck in next week. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I love love the lawyer. Love the lawyer, though. I do love the lawyer. And uh, who, what wrestler was he, Gary? You, You know he was a wrestler oh I can't remember the name uh, uh, there he goes you know he's, Paul's always got to cover our tracks <laughs> um, I'd imagine next week he's going to sell like a champ from Oxley so <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely but my other put over is, is Moxley and MJF. like those two work together really well as like the yin and yang kind of style promo and I liked Moxley's take on the fact that he's just making him more creative He's just making them more dangerous. And I thought that suited the Moxley yeah. character really down to the ground. And I think if he's been doing really good promo work the last couple of weeks, it's just clean, it's there, it's on the money. And I think we've got a much better idea of who John Moxley is rather than 
the wacky guy from WWE, as MJF even mentioned in this promo. I loved, I loved that. I loved Aye. that. Um, you know, you know, MJF's my boy. MJF's my boy. But um, yeah, Moxley can be hit and miss in the mic, and I think he, he's been more hit than miss recently, to be honest. Yeah, he's been like those backstage ones. He's been doing really good. Like it started. The first really good one was that one with Darby Allen, and he's like, Darby, just when the time's right, just. Just give up, just give up. Like that worked, and it's just every week. I think he's been he's been on the money. So, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, match tonight, sir. Obviously, the Death Pentagon match. Obviously, because obviously. because now we've got like the official creation of this faction with with Eddie Kingston as the mouthpiece, which should work quite well. As I don't think we're going to be seeing anyone from the UK over in the states anytime soon. Because who would want to travel to the USA right now? Very true. Very true. Um, let's move on to NXT. Just kind of not going really anywhere in NXT at the moment. It was a kind of meh kind of show. But however, there was a couple of good things in there. And let's go over to the first put over of the night. What do you think it's going to be? Of course it is. It's Brizango winning the tag team titles. My boys pulling it off. Well done. They deserve it. I'm really looking forward to the run. I hope they give them an extended run. They came out serious, which I didn't like, because I like, I like my, my Brazilian comedy. Um, so glad they've got the titles, but I hope they step up the, the, you know, coming out, mimicking, doing that entrance thing, just, you know, doing the, bring back the fashion files, man. Bring back the fashion. Can I, can I point out how unconfident you were at them winning these titles less than two weeks ago? Yeah, I know. But we're winning them. We're all happy. So I've got to put over my boys. So yeah, brilliant. So that kicked off. That kicked off the night. You, you know, matches on the on um, the show. Jake Atlas, Champa, Mia Shotzi. Well, I say Jake Atlas, Champa wasn't much of a match. No. Uh, Swerve Scott, Santos Escobar, and Kyle Riley, Drake Maverick. Um, ah, you know, I've got to bury it. You know, I, I, it's it's. I don't think I can bury, you know, carrying cross something to drop the title. I just bury the fact that it's shit and it's shit to happen. You know, that whole, you know, months of storyline that must have had creative, must have had booked up. He was looking like a demon, looked like he was going to be massive. You know, I, I would have seen a quick lift up to the main roster, but now this kind of puts him on the shelf and it'll stop that main roster debut happening, really, because I want to you know, do stuff with him at NXT before moving him on. So it kind of they might not. They might just drew him. They might just, because he's, he's won the belt, they can say he's an ex-NXT champion, so that gives him that rub, and then just... Yeah, move just up. move him straight up, because he, I mean, that entrance, the way he carries himself in the ring, he looks like a million bucks. Um, so, yeah, I have to buy that. I'm just, not burying carrying cross, but just that whole situation. Feels so I, almost, nice. uh, I almost wish they'd done it a different way. I almost wish he hadn't shown up and they just had Scarlett walk to the ring, place the belt in the ring and walk away and just mm. never have him show vulnerability. But I, it's just so reminiscent of that Finn Balor moment where you obviously Aye. his career took a very different direction after that. But uh, it's a wee bit just not yeah. good. Well, fingers crossed it doesn't take the direction that happened with Balor because he was going to push them in and it all just kind of fell away a wee bit. Um, going to boo, we're go- we love our fashion on this show. We love burying fashion. So here's my buddy for this week. Two bits of fashion faux pas on NXT. Um, Jake Atlas came out looking like a game show host in a gold glitter jacket. It was like we were talking on Wrestling Daft about a game show gimmick. Jake Atlas with a shitey music. Uh, came out wearing a gold jacket like he should be hosting The Price is Right. 
So we're going to bury that as our, our fashion, our, our fashion faux pas. And what the fuck was he doing? One of the best wrestlers that ever lived, Shawn Michaels, uh, in the meeting with Regal and Triple H, wearing a pair of glasses, a pair of spectacles, but with sunglasses on his head. What the fuck? Just, you know... When so HBK was, started drinking again. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but yeah, he was doing that. The good thing about that um, section, however, was Regal was head of the table, ahead of Shawn Michaels and Triple H. They were just the minions, and Regal was at the top of the table. There you go. Uh, so we're loving that. Uh, put over. Oh, there's a lot to put over. Lots of bits. What am I going to choose? What am I going to choose? Is it going to be Wade on comms? Is it going to be Champa looking fucking badass? Is it going to be how fast the paramedics seem to operate in NXT? It's none of those. It's uh, Shotzi running over Robert Stone in her tank. Just brilliant. Evergreen. <laughs> Absolutely superb. More tank running over. That's what we. Doesn't get old, does it? Can we do this? This fine. Just keep running with this. Every week and you can run over Robert Stone. I'm okay with that. Big win for our girl Shotzi. We all love Shotzi on this show. And um, the title trail starts right here. Mark my words. Shotzi for the title. It all starts here. Um, match of the night. Going to go for it. My boys, Rizango versus Imperium. I thought it was a really good tag match. Like the, the double leg drop finish. Didn't look brilliant. Didn't look brilliant, but I liked it. I liked it. So my boys, Imperium versus Rizango. So what's your, before we move off to NXT, what's everyone's prediction for the only good thing to come out of carrying Cross being injured next week's hour-long Iron Man oh, match? Oh, Tonight's Iron Man Tonight, match, I should say. Yeah. We were talking about, on you said in the group chat, take my money, that is... It, you know, it has, you know, with, we all know the kind of NXT style of the kickouts after finishes and all that sort of stuff. But it's all the guy, and it's all the guys who you associate with the NXT main yeah. event as well. So I, I'm really excited for it personally. But who do you, you think? Who do you think's winning? I'm, I'm in two minds, but I think out of it, we're going to have a Champa Balor rivalry. Um, I think they'll turn Balor back face. I think what they might do is put the belt on Balor and have heel Champa chase. So I think there's more money money in that. And I think right now they've kind of started Champa on this path of destruction. And it yeah. doesn't really make sense to do that than making the champ. I wish there was a takeover that was sooner because my prediction was that it was going to finish in a draw tonight between Champa and Balor. And then we were going to go down that line and have, you know, some kind of whatever match that had to have a finish to it, like some, maybe not a hell in the cell, because we've mentioned that <laughs> to death here about NXT, but maybe some kind of match that needed a finish between those two, but I think it's a wee bit too far away now to do that. What do you think, but, Paul? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Balor, to be honest, um, as a face, having it, and then just being chased. Yeah, it's, it's an unusual match, because every single person in that match is at the moment is booked as a heel. Do you know what I mean? Champa's just come over heel, Gargano's heel, Cole's heel, and uh, Balor's heel. Cole's, been, like... Cole's been, Cole and Balor have been slowly flopping back, yeah. to, back to face. Like Balor's heel run kind of never really went anywhere, really, did it? I think with the pandemic, they just kind of pulled him back as a face and were like, no, we need his star power more than we need you being a mm-hmm. badass heel right now. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to that very much. So, um, Paul, let's come to you and SmackDown. So SmackDown again, yeah, a very good show. Um, my first put over, there was a, a little bit of a storyline that was going on all the way through the whole event. So at the beginning of the night, Vince got Adam Pearce, basically said to him he wanted Bray Braun and Roman to sign the contract for payback. And he told him when he went to go and see 
uh, Bray that he wanted them to say hi to Huskis the pig boy, which was definitely a put over for me. (laughs) He gave him a postman's outfit and he turned up to the Firefly Funhouse. So he got Bray to sign it. Then Bron got attacked by Drew Gulak with a chair. Bron then squashed Gulak and signed it. And then it led into the final segment of the night when he went to go and get Roman to sign it. He was sitting in the room with Paul Heyman, which obviously led into payback. So as much as it took up near enough the whole show to get there, that final moment is definitely a pullover for me um, to see now where it's going to go with Roman. As much as you guys were saying last week, he's definitely not a heel. I think that they're going to make him a cool heel to try and get him over. As much as they tried keeping him as a face for so long, it's not worked. So put him with him in and make him a cool heel, you're going to get him over. So fingers crossed it's going to go that way. I'm just really glad these two were proved wrong when they were saying last week that he's not a heel. I said green. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm John, on the other hand, John was very insistent he was not I was, a heel. I was. <laughs> I've only really got one buddy. Oh, so. using the GLS, that's what we like to see, positivity. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a segment, I don't know if you've seen it, it was a Money in the Bank lunchbox segment. So Bailey and Sasha Banks walked in and told Heavy Machinery that they were just a bunch of clowns standing around and playing with their meat. It was just absolutely awful. It was terrible. The slammy and all that sort of stuff was just like, come on. You know who's written that. You know exactly who's written that skit. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. Get some salami in there. Get some females in there. This good shit. (laughs) 100% Vince has got to be. Mm -hmm. Mm. Another put over is... Just Kenny Omega being a wrestling fan and wanting to sit in the Thunder Dome. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. I, it was going to happen, wasn't it? It was going to happen. Um, did someone not? Did someone not hunt it down and it found out it wasn't actually Kenny Omega? It was a photo. I believe this was this on your Twitter, Gary. That it was a photo of him from like 2018 or something, and it was the old detective Gary was on the case and got oh. the answers we needed. If you look at, um, I believe uh, Alex brought up a few weeks ago about the the colour of, color of Kenny Omega's hair darkening <laughs> over the past. Mm-hmm. Was that, it gets darker every week or something? Oh, this is, this oh, is the links on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't Kenny, but it, it will happen. I'm sure to God it's going to happen. But and he played along. Th- Gary, that was the best you can get us in the Thunderdome, come on, you've got, you've got connections, come on, get <laughs> us in the Thunderdome. It's really easy to get into it, that's, um, that's, like, you just need to be on, have your notifications on, but I'm determined I'm 100% not doing it. <laughs> because... no, I'm, I'm all for it, right? <laughs> I'm all for it, I'm, I, I, I reckon we should all just go for it, just all fill in. Right, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply for it, and if we get on, um, right, we'll all pile around to mine, we'll all be on it together, <laughs> wrestling, that, the marks, awesome. Um, match tonight, Paul. So match of the night for me, I'm actually going to put over Jeff Hardy. I'm going to put him over now that this bad taste storyline's done. Um, so him versus Nakamura at the very beginning um, was a really, really good match. And obviously Sami Zayn returning as well. I, I can't wait to see the inevitable Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles triple threat match. It is, I have to say, SmackDown is turning better than Raw, I have to say. I mean, there's more going on there now 
that you're going. Sean, if you only watch SmackDown, you wouldn't get Raw Underground every week, and we all know oh much love God, Raw yeah. Underground. Oh, yeah, it's flip flopping. Like with Reigns going with the Fiend, the whole thing. Sami Zayn back on it. Matt Riddle looking good. Um, there's a lot of intrigue in there, and you know we're going to have to reconsider. Um, someone, someone might have to switch. Right, have to switch the the short straw to Raw. Better news as well. Um, John Pollock of Post Wrestling, who's very uh, reputable journalist, has reported in the past couple of hours that Retribution are going to be raw exclusive as well. So if you watch oh, SmackDown, excellent. you're missing that as well. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought they disbanded Retribution already since they haven't appeared in a week. No, they were on Raw last night. Oh, uh, no, okay, so it's like they just had a holiday. Split. They had time books before the coronavirus came <laughs> in and they needed to get away. Which switches us nicely into Gary's domain of Raw. What's happening? Is, is Retribution going to be one of the buddies? They they were good last night, but so right. good that they're not a buddy, but they're also not good enough that they're being put over because it's still Retribution. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm choosing to put this put over first to, to bring John up before I bring him crashing back down to Earth a wee bit later. Right. It's my favourite kind of burying it over. <laughs> <laughs> this was only a tiny part of Raw, but it was maybe my favourite part of Raw. Akira Tozawa. Yeah! <laughs> so he did lose the 24-7 championship to R-Truth, but the mm. way it was done was brilliant. We had, yet again, the string um, kind of threaded for SmackDown, uh, Adam Pearce putting security on all the exits to make sure that Retribution couldn't get in. And we had Akira Tozawa turning up in a big 4 before, and you could see his ninjas kind of bounced about in the back of the 4 before. And he's like, oh, um, Akira Tozawa, the, the security guard's like, sorry, your name's not on, this, it's not on the list. And he's like, no, I'm, a, I'm the 24-7 champion, brings his belt, and the guard's like, sorry, your name's not on the list. Tozawa gets out. I think everybody knows where this has gone, even if you've not watched Raw anyway. Tozawa gets out, and he's like, wait a minute, this list is just all blank paper. Unzips the security guard's uh, jacket, and it's got a referee outfit on. Artruth comes from behind, rolls him up. But the best part of the full thing, one of the ninjas comes out afterwards, struggles with the door, comes out, tries to help Tozawa. Tozawa jumps in the car, drags the referee in, and the ninja is chasing after him, and Tozawa just shouts, no space! Diving <laughs> 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 away. <laughs> it was like, man, absolutely brilliant. So that one segment was about 30 seconds long, but it's my highlight of Raw. <laughs> it's absolutely oh, God. I wish they would, I mean, I wish they would do more stuff like that with the 24-7. It's too long now, it's just been flitting about the arena and stuff like that. But you know, doing the stuff between Tozawa and our truth with this going around New York and, and New York. York. That was the one that I always remember. Yeah, and York. doing like you know what they used to do with the hardcore title and the ball pits and the kids doing it why are they not I don't why know, do they not have the R Truth ninja training montage segment that you proposed a couple of weeks ago, John? I why do we not know. have that? That's what I, I want. Do not know why they don't have that, but they, I mean, they, they, there's so much opportunity, there's so much as a creative you could do with that and have fun with it. And they, they, that sounds great, that sounds great. So, all up for that. Um, moving on to the, uh, the buddies, you got to do one or two. I'm giving you one and a half, right? <laughs> so, so my main buddy, and this also kind of has retribution as part of it, but they're no a main part of it. We get yet another match between. The Street Profits and Garza and Andrade? Oh. Why? <laughs> They've beat them about 20 times. Why have they still got this feud going on? I know it's because there's no tag teams, but why have they still <laughs> got this feud going on? It was, uh, it was really annoying. Um, I, I just I don't like the fact that we're continuing with this. Surely there's better stuff to be done with both teams. Um, well, I don't know, because there's not any teams. <laughs> but I just didn't like it. My, my second bury 
uh, it's not even a berry, it's a kind of half berry, half put over. We like our fashion talk on this. Um, <laughs> Raw Underground, we had like Jessamyn Duke in her debut match, which we mentioned in the news last week, got cut. It turns out that they'd kind of reshot some stuff and that went in this week. But then Marina Shafir had a Raw Underground fight. And it's no, the only berry part is the fact that I didn't like her attire. She was wearing a big floral skirt and a big like camo hat and like some kind of weird like look like a bathing suit under it um, but she managed to do like some kind of rolling armbar while wearing this big long floral skirt so kind of very kind of put over I appreciate her for you know putting in the effort and being able to pull off such a great maneuver while wearing a long flowing skirt um, but that leads to my, my, my other put over it's for all underground oh god <laughs> Titus O'Neill Looked absolutely brilliant. He got knocked out in the end, but he looked absolutely brilliant. He destroyed a few people. He was wearing jeans, looking meaner than ever. We were getting this full new side of Titus O'Neil. Ah, just, I really like it. I want to see more of him in Raw Underground because we've not seen a lot of him in a while. I love Titus O'Neil. If you know his, like, his story of how he got brought up and stuff, a very harrowing story, I just think the guy is brilliant. What he does for WWE off-screen, the guy as a champion in every sense of the word without being actually in yeah. the ring and holding a belt. But getting to see him on Raw Underground, he played the role perfectly. I love the kind of, we mentioned it a few weeks ago that Jericho had said it was one of the most stiff workers he'd ever worked. <laughs> but it just works in Raw Underground because you've got that, yeah. it's not quite perfect, it's not quite polished. It looked brilliant. And that also leads into the match of the night. I've not picked it as match of the night because I think John's head would explode. But I was going to pick Titus versus Riddick Moss because after Titus destroyed two people, Riddick Moss came in to challenge him. Hold on, Riddick hold Moss on a minute. Brilliant. What kind of parallel universe are we living in where Riddick Moss <laughs> and Titus O'Neil could be match of the night? What the fuck? And Nia Jax was match of the night at the payback before. The world has gone crazy. Well, but it was just, it was brilliant. Everything was done really well. It looked like an actual fight, but like Riddick Moss done this nice kind of leg sweep thing and then knocked out Titus O'Neil with a punch, which is the thing that I've been saying for this. If in wrestling, if we are to believe that closed fist, uh, closed, closed fist punches are illegal and the only people that kind of use them to actually knock people out is like the big show and Lacey Evans, that is how these fights should be finishing. But I didn't choose that because John would hate me and probably disconnect me. Um, so I chose the main event. The main event, there was three qualifiers and it ended up the three winners went into this main event for the number one contendership. It was Keith Lee, Randy Orton and um, Seth Rollins. Only about 10, 15 minutes long. It was somewhere in between them. It wasn't the longest main event, but it was what a triple threat should be. Um, everybody looked good. It spilled to the side, looked a bit messy at points, but like messy in the best kind of way. And the ending was phenomenal. Keith Lee hit Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins went for the curb stomp got hit with a spirit bomb instead. Keith Lee looked like he was going to pick up the win. Randy Orton interferes, RKO's Keith Lee, and protects Keith Lee because he jumps over Keith Lee and pins Seth Rollins. We get the much-needed Orton v. Drew match again. Keith Lee doesn't look any weaker, and it was just a brilliant match. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, um, I guess we will say that SummerSlam, McIntyre would drop the title. I'm, I'm thinking at Clash of Champions, this is, this is it, time over. I think it's going to have to be either class of champ, uh, Clash of Champions or if they go to the next pay-per-view again. And then I think after that, I think we're heading for Orton Keith Lee. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, I, have, I had a buddy, though, um, two row from last night. Uh, they had 
from out of nowhere, this disbanding tag team match, and they've split the only tag women's tag team that have kind of credibly come together, the Iconics. What the fuck? I'm actually I'm kind of glad they've done this because, well, I say glad they've done it. If you look at before Raw, I wish they hadn't because you need more women's tag teams and they are really mm-hmm. good. They're, but the only if, tag, they're, only, they're the only tag team real. Like you, you'd say uh, maybe the Riot Squad, to be fair. You can maybe argue that. No, wait, that doesn't count. I'm sorry. I'll be Lana and Natalia will be as well, I'm sure. They'll be getting in there. Um, but for me, I think it's a good decision because we've been hearing a lot for a while about oh, Peyton, uh, Peyton Royce is going to get this big push. I keep saying it, they're both really good in the ring. Peyton Royce, obviously, is really, really good in the ring. Um, but they done that even well with Raw Underground last night where they had Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke looking out while those two were looking sad, like Shane McMahon comforting them. And then Peyton Royce is like, let's go. And they go to both jump in the, the ring with no ropes. Billy Kay jumps in, Peyton Royce shoves her in and keeps out and lets her get destroyed. I would really like them to do a rivalry between the two because I think they'd cut amazing promos on each other and I think having Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, we've saw that they're not invested in either of them as a singles competitor so if they split them up I'd be like oh where are we going <laughs> so, so I, I don't hate it but I, I kind of see where they're coming from it's not the best decision overall I know just get I mean the stash should have been a build and you know it's just come out for right. yeah they should have had more behind it like yeah. if, they'd, if they'd kind of done this at Class of Champions I think we'd all been like oh at least they gave the Iconics a nice sign off but no I think we should say, God rest Billy Kay in your wrestling career now. <laughs> Bye, Billy. <laughs> um, sorry, Billy. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll do very well going forward. Um, well, we'll wait for that iconic reunion. That will happen at some point. Um, well, that's it for anybody who's put over this week. Paul, thank you very much for coming on and doing Smackdown. Really appreciate it as ever. No problem. Thanks very much. I'm away to uh, go watch Hardcore Heaven 2000 as Gredo's recommendation. Oh, well done, well done. Doing your homework for the retro review on this week. Where we'll be doing that as well. And remember, if you want to get on the show, watch Hardcore Heaven. Give us your comments on that for a start. But if you want to get your buddies and putovers for this week in wrestling, uh, get into us on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft on Insta, Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. <laughs> Once again, it's time to return to the land that brought us the Cat Cafe as we look at the world of New Japan on Turning Japanese. Now, last week, you set me a challenge to give you a wrestling catchphrase in Japanese and you two had to guess what it was. Are you ready for this one? Yep. Okay, here we go. I'm trying my best Japanese. Anata wa watashi omuro koto ga dekamesen. I was hoping you were going to go for something that was going to be really short and I could say it was just what. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Um, is it by any chance, I'm not the good guy, I'm not the bad guy, I'm the guy? It's not, Alex. Oh. What are you thinking? Is it maybe it's because um, no, uh, that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so or something? No, it's not. Anata wa watashi umuru kotoga de kamasen. You can't see me. <laughs> um, so there you oh, go. Because of course, yeah, yeah. Masen means see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Damn it. Well um, done, John. Well done. Let's head to New Japan. What's been happening, Alex? Well, they gave us a good pay per view after that ridiculousness that was payback. So I was very happy to, uh, to, to have watched that afterwards. It restored my faith in wrestling after that horrific main event that I won't talk anymore about. So they had it in a 
baseball stadium, but it was weird because it was in like a social distanced baseball stadium. And they only had like certain amount of chairs around the ring that was say in the pitchers area. And then they just had a load of blank space behind it. And then there was some poor guys in the crowd, like behind the baseball field. So it, it felt a little bit weird, but it meant that they did get to do the cool ending where they got some fireworks going up above the stadium for the main event, which was quite nice. But I'll give you a quick rundown through the card, shall we? Yeah. see how many of them John recognises. Yeah. So we had the King of Bright. So because it's been a little bit hard to tell what's been going on with this King of Pro Wrestling because we've not had English commentary for a while and they're not the best at transcribing this news back into English sometimes. So... But apparently, this has been for the title of King of Pro Wrestling, and the idea is they then have to defend this until Wrestle Kingdom. So it was won by their comedy character, Toriyano, who gave a wee low blow to Okada and then rolled him up, and then went the lengths of disinfecting the trophy after he won it, which I thought was a nice little touch. Toriyano bet Okada? Toriyano rolled up and bet Okada in the middle of a four-way match, yeah. I it was, can't it was believe quite that. Funny. He was he was just like nipping in and out and just like fucking everyone up while like uh, while everyone else was having an actual wrestling match. Shocking, shocking. It was good though. He, he does this like he upsets people in the G one. Like he was the first person to beat Moxley. There you are. There they are. Um, yeah. And then we had Minoru Suzuki slap the utter living shit out of poor uh, poor Shingo to win the never open weight title. Then we had um, the golden. Uh, the dangerous techers, who's Zack Saber Junior. and Lord Taichi are the dangerous techers. Dangerous techers, that's, that's the, the as in like the old like, techers as in short for technique like they used to do on the soccer a- 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 FM. I, I'm not 100% sure, but it would make sense. I'm Zach sure Sabres, it has, yeah. Dangerous yeah, techers, that is a terrible tag team name. I, I'm sure Sabres uses the term techers on some of his merch and in some of his promos. Right, like, okay. Maybe. So they, techers, they you really... like that off a of soccer AM? Yeah, oh, do you know what the, the thing that ruined the event, though, was because the Golden Aces, which is Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi, yeah. they've started mixing their bloody theme tunes together. Like, Oh, know, God, you Japan aren't doing it either, are they? Terrific. It's, yeah, they've started doing it, and I'm just like, oh, why? Why? I, I don't want them to do it. Please, please, please stop. And then we had our main event that they've decided to reverse putting the title on Evil and put it straight back on Naito, which was quite an interesting decision but I mean you did get the nice visual at the end of the night with Naito doing his pose and the fireworks going around around the stadium and they actually for the first time in this little rivalry managed to not have the match be won by interference Mm. so there was the usual Dick Togo and Ghetto nonsense but we did have some of um, Naito's stable mates ran down to kind of chase them off and then we got an actual match ending between the two of them which was quite nice it was probably Evil's best match to date but it still wasn't the most amazing of matches. It's very un-Japan, very un-New Japan to, to do that, isn't it? Like have such a short kind of Occasionally title. they do flip-flop like this sometimes. It's- With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's weird. It's always when they do it to a new champion. Like, they'll only put it on for like a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Then they'll yeah. take it back off them and put it to a more established one. I'm not I too sure. Maybe... 
like prestigious enough in Japan anyway that I think just winning it kind of does make you anyway. So I yeah. think that might be the point. But my favourite thing about the full pay-per-view was um, how I've missed this. Watching an outdoor pay-per-view and seeing it go from light to dark. Just a oh, little thing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good that like Evil obviously was coming out at the end and like night had just set and they yeah. got all the smoke. So it was a really cool little entrance they gave him in the night, which I thought was quite good. So... But that'd be interesting to see where they go from here. We should start running down for the G1 just now. What mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised is that they kind of want to put Evil through the G1, basically. Because if you want to get him over properly and actually get him to start having better matches, putting him in the G1 is probably your best way to do it. And then pick up the title back off of Naito. Potentially. I think the G1's really open this year, actually, especially now that the belt's changed back to Naito. So it's kind of reset everything almost. So I yeah. think it leaves the G1 really fresh and open. So looking forward to it. Excellent, excellent. And until next time, sayonara. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Hi, Gary. Hello. <laughs> We're on the news desk getting all the breaking stories. I hope you're a bit more calmer at this point. Cool as a cucumber, because I'm going to reference and credit people correctly, as everyone should be doing. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Uh, Right, okay, let's let's kick off. And I've got my black armband on as a massive NXT fan. Um, If you're watching the video version, he's in my background right now. Mauro Ronaldo is leaving NXT. I can't believe it. First, for, like I mean, I felt Nigel going, and so the lack of Nigel and Mauro, it's going to be pretty raw. I can't Mauro and Nigel, two of my favourites, both now gone. Well, Nigel's not really gone. No, he's he's followed, yeah, he's followed. We might but, hear him back in NXT UK. Oh, Mauro, we're not going to hear Mama Mia ever again. Oh, what's happening, Gary? I'll get this out there. I'm not a massive Mauro fan, but oh, I like the guy as a person. It back. <laughs> I, I know the pop back. culture references can get yeah. a bit much for some people. It's yeah. the old pop culture references and the being at a 10 all the time. It makes everything feel like a 4 or a 5 when you're at a 10 all the time. Um, but I love the guy as a person um, because, you know, he's been through a lot. He's very open about his struggles. Yeah, but he's gone. Um, he's not going to be part of WWE any longer. Apparently, it was mutual. So this first came for Dave Meltzer, and it was just Mauro Ronaldo and WWE parting ways. Um, more new, uh, sorry, more details forthcoming. And then they were very forthcoming because about 10, 20 minutes later, Mauro Ronaldo posted on Facebook about it. Um, he said, I appreciate the opportunity. I had to realize my childhood dream of working in sports entertainment. Wishes WWE well in the future. And then the bit that is kind of heartbreaking... He said, now I want to direct my focus and devote my time to my other projects and my mental health um, and well-being of my mother and myself. And it's like, ah, oh, what a lovely guy. Uh, <laughs> so it looks like he's gone. Um, well, he definitely has gone because it's been confirmed by WWE and by Mauro. We never know. The door's always open with these kind of things for, you know, something in the future. If they've left, you know, amicably, then I guess we can always say the door is never closed. That's the, the term we always hear. But it doesn't seem like we're going to be hearing Mauro anytime soon. I am gutted. I am gutted. And we're left with bucking Vic Joseph. Jesus Christ. The well, good maybe Vic too much. Yeah. That's oh. fine. But I mean, surely this means that Barrett probably will stay. And I much prefer calling him Wade Barrett than his, than his real name. Person. Yeah, Barrett was, Barrett was decent on comms. I'm, 
Beth needs to calm herself down, right? Beth <laughs> shouts at it, shouts everything. She shouts at me, she's like, Beth, chill it's out. Cause she's had to, it's because it goes back to what Gary's saying. It's contagious. It's because <laughs> Mauro's at 10. She needs to be at 11 to be heard over Mauro. Like maybe it's, it's, maybe that maybe that is. I like Beth, but she needs to just pull it back a wee bit, Hen. Pull it back a wee bit. Um, and yeah, I I I love a ten. I love a ten. I love a I love a Jonathan Pierce on uh, match commentary for the football. Get Jonathan Pierce on NXT. There we go. Oh, Get that. That would be a or John Morrison would be good on NXT. Get him on NXT. And we don't have Ali McCoist, and he can give us all the flax about rural Florida. With his big yeah. bumper book of facts that he got out during the Euros last year. That yeah, let's let's do that. Ali, Ali McCoy loves the the Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> Ali McCoy on co-coms with uh, blinking uh, Jonathan Pierce. What a dream for NXT that would be. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone in the states would love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would go really well. I got it, got it for that. Um, talking of a uh, commentary, um, you know, it looks like uh, Wade Barrett's going to be there for for the time being as well, Gary. I where a, a door closes, another one opens. Um, we're going to get into something a wee bit later that definitely leads to putting people in strong negotiating positions. I think Mauro Ranallo leaving definitely puts Stu Bennett or Wade Barrett in a very strong negotiating position um, if he's to join WWE full-time. You might think that, you know, the commentary desk could use someone like a Wade Barrett now. We heard him last week on it. You know, people that have watched NWA and even Walk Culture Pro Wrestling, I think it was on Five Star for a bit as well, or yeah. one of those kind of shows. World of Sport as well, World Gary. Of Sport, that was it. Yeah, it was on World of the Sport. He's a guy that, you know, everybody's always wanting to see him back in wrestling. I would love to see him wrestling another match. This could open the door a wee bit for it. Apparently, it's not the, the plan, but this could open that door a wee bit. For me, I think he's just brilliant on commentary because he... It does the right things. It puts people over the right way. But, yep, he's definitely on last week's show. We heard that. He's definitely on this week's show because it was recorded at the same time as last week's show. Beyond that, there was never really meant to be a plan there, but apparently it's now come out that it was a bit of a feeling out process to see if it would be a good fit. If anybody watched last week, I'm not sure it's, you know, I think it's undeniable. He definitely is a good fit. I think he's yeah. something that brings something to the brand. And you know that the more he does it, the more he'll be you know, the better he'll be at it for actually knowing stuff about superstars, putting in nice wee references and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There was a wee bit about him returning for the NXT UK brand. That, I think, you know, it would be very open to whether travel restrictions are lifted because right now there are people in the UK that would be the commentators. Uh, but you never know because they've always they've changed around the teams a few times. But I think for NXT, Wade Barrett would be brilliant. And you never know. If it goes well, you could imagine them definitely putting them on the Raw SmackDown team in the future, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- do you know what? I think they're all on SmackDown teams. I think there, there needs to be a shake-up there, actually. Co- I like Cody. Mojo I mean, is currently the highlight. And like Joe has saving, saved Joe's, Raw for me. Yeah, I, actually, I actually don't mind Cole and Graves. I think Cole and Graves are better when you have just Cole and Graves. Yeah. And uh-huh. I like having the split between the two-man booth and the three-man booth because then it creates more separation. You know, I, I'm always an advocate. I mean, By- Byron's... <laughs> Jesus, Byron. But I'm always the advocate of having a commentator and if you're having the two core guys, one heel and one's face, that always is the best dynamic By best yeah. dynamic for me. But, um, yeah, they're like, you know, big fan of Barrett. So, yeah, I think you're right. It'll, it'll maybe be NXT or they might push him up to the main roster to do stuff there. Um, let's move on to Brock Lesnar. 
Um, his contract is up, and he is now the hardest free agent in wrestling. Yeah, so this game for PW Insider last night, always reliable. Um, I don't think I've seen anything from them yet that's gone wrong, and they've got a very credible reputation over many years, even decades. Um, Mike Johnson reporting that Brock Lesnar's contract with WWE has expired. Uh, it means he's a free agent, but I wouldn't have done that too much. Uh, it's been noted both by Johnson and Dave Meltzer that you know this kind of thing is not unusual. Brock Lesnar isn't he always the the most like the easiest to please guy? Doesn't he just jump into contracts? He'll, he'll happily take his time. He'll negotiate a little bit. We've seen that happen in the past many times. We've even held these contracts being up many times. Yeah, I reached out about this. Um, so Mike Johnson said that both sides were working on a new deal but had reached an impasse. Um, it is notable that the times were in. You know, Brock Lesnar is on a lot of money. Um, it would probably take even more money to bring him back or the same amount of money for registry rates. And it's a lot of money. <laughs> um, so it's not the most surprising thing this has happened. This was one of two things I reached out about to ask about because I'm like, I want to know if there is anything to it in terms of what WWE think. They essentially, um, or I say they, someone from within the, in the company, it isn't an official statement by any means. Someone from within the company told me that, yes, he is a free agent, but that's more a technicality, um, that he's not expected to wrestle anywhere else. Now, what's worth noting is they didn't mention anything about him appearing anywhere else or being in an MMA octagon anywhere else, which I think we've all seen the stuff for uh, John Jones on Twitter. Yeah. I, I wouldn't um, a lot of people saying AEW. You know, anything can happen. He's free to negotiate anywhere. My personal thoughts on this, I think we might see Brock Lesnar negotiating elsewhere to get himself a slightly bigger deal when he returns to WWE because, man, it's a pleasure to watch the guy work. He's probably the best negotiator and businessman in wrestling considering what he earns per appearance. Man. Maybe apart from Goldberg, maybe. Tony Khan can afford him, though. I don't think Tony Khan can afford him. Tony Khan's pockets are pretty deep, Alex. I think, his, I think his dad would put his foot down at a $10 million contract <laughs> for Brock Lesnar. Right, the train set's getting too expensive now, Tony. I'm taking that away from you. Well, they've, yeah. they've also been quite good to not go and become WCW. Uh, so yeah. I think financial success has been a quite a key part of the AW business model. And a Brock Lesnar ruins that entire model. Dad, can I buy Brock Lesnar? No, son. <laughs> you cannot. You've got That's too expensive. You've got, you bought Tully Blanchard last week. Yeah, t- t- play with Tully. Play with, play with Tully. Tully. Play with Tully until he breaks, then you can get a Brock, right? <laughs> Aye, I think, um, you know, when this came out, I don't think anybody in their heart of hearts would have thought, oh, Brock Lesnar's gone to AEW. It's always interesting to note that you never know because Brock Lesnar. I, I think he likes making money more than he likes making news. Uh, he as, as the that himself. He doesn't like wrestling, just no. making money. So I think uh, he might use it to strengthen his position. Um, but it is interesting to note that on that, before all this came out, his merch disappeared completely for WWE Shop. Ooh. So the rumours were there a few hours before. Um, and then, yeah, one last thing was on Keith Lee. We'd mentioned them before. We've mentioned them a lot last week. The guy on paper has had probably one of the best weeks in wrestling in terms of debuting on Raw. But obviously people have not been completely sold on what's happened in terms of his presentation, uh, in terms of his music and his attire. Uh, Royalty-free music library. Oh, <laughs> let's see if I can find a good rock generic rest. Oh, genre, I will hit sports entertainment. Um, guitar, I want that instrument. 
search. There we go. Royalty free music. Oh, that sounds great. Let's put, oh, and do you know what? Let's, that bit at the start of his music was good. So let's just like copy and paste that bit over into this royalty free music. And we've got his theme, boys. Well, you need to have the hook. Like, I'll admit, I was quite drunk when I watched Payback, as you do. And uh, the minute I heard the bask in his glory, I got really excited because I thought he'd return to his normal music. And I was like, oh! and then it brought into that rock. And I was just like, I'm glad they kept the hook. The, the hook is the main thing for me. I mean, I hate the new music, but I'm just glad they kept that hook because if they get rid of that, it would have been terrible uh, or more terrible. Uh, <laughs> but I, so this is something that, again, I reached out about Alex McCarthy, a talk sport that we always mention on here. He beat me to this one uh, and added more details. I had slightly more uh, vague details. He said that Vince McMahon's a big fan of Keith Lee, which I think, you know, you, would, yeah. you wouldn't imagine it, wouldn't it be? Because, you know, big guy that's made them a lot of money in NXT. Um, but also that Randy Orton was being used as the, the foil to put uh, Keith Lee over and was kind of tasked with that, um, that kind of task of putting him over between Raw and Payback, which I think he'd done quite well. Um, the things that I got told on it was that Keith Lee, you know, agreed with Alex McCarthy's thing uh, in terms of accuracy. Definitely in line for a big push. I think we can see that coming, but I get told a big but steady push. Um, so obviously he's no becoming WWE champion straight away. That kind of played out on Raw anyway. As I mentioned, I think he's going to be there or thereabouts, but maybe not there just yet. One potential reason for that, you know, for a start, you want Keith Lee's face. You maybe don't have him taking on Drew McIntyre unless you turn Drew McIntyre. Having him maybe taking on Randy Orton's a better idea. But the main part of what I get told is that his presentation may be tweaked. Now, this was something, again, that I think doesn't take a, you know, doesn't take a genius to think this might have been the case. We've already seen it. Wore the baggy shorts. Everyone complained. Next show, doesn't they wear the baggy shorts? <laughs> uh, still wearing the vest. So it's not a complete change and I've not reverted completely back to the NXT thing. In particular, two things I asked about when they said the presentation might be tweaked. I said, is there any word on whether his promo styles will change? Because I love his promo style. I think it's one of the best in wrestling, you know, yeah. very elo eloquently spoken, very poetic. They said, no word on that. Another thing was the music, because I tell a wee something about that and I get told, no word on that. So, personally, I think they might tweak it. I don't think they'll go back to the old one. We've since heard, you know, for Fight Phone and a load of other places saying, why they're not using old music because money. Um, so I think but they'll that's pay something. for Romans, Romans stupid CFO fees, well, but they won't pay for apparently. Apparently, apparently it's James Jim Johnson uh, that done the Romans. Oh, phone. really? It's Jim uh, I would be back, but CFO apparently get 50% of uh, the royalties for any tune that that's why they're all getting shipped. Now, the interesting part is the NAM, the Undisputed Era, which is probably the most banging theme, is also CFO. Um, yep, and so, they're also they've also got their initials CFO because it's co-fashion O'Reilly. So that's what, that's what I say. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't, don't. they can't change the undisputed era steam. Surely, surely not. You would hope not. Uh, you would really oh. hope not. Uh, again, I'm wondering if there's, and this is something I've got no idea on, so I'm just kind of spitballing a wee bit. I'm wondering if there's different royalties for them having the the thing in the main event, the main roster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they held on point. with Keith Lee for a long time before they actually changed it, and obviously the change came when he moved to Raw. So I don't know if it's maybe that's a logical step because it's, you know, introducing a new audience, even though it's maybe no, or whether there is a different royalty. No, they would, they would, get, more, they would get more money because it's obviously reaching, you know, thinking PRS-wise, they would get, because it's obviously reaching a bigger, bigger audience. 
um, that's probably what, why, yeah, that's a good point. Nah, so I, I think um, the, the main thing is, I've been told he's getting a big push, but it's going to be steady, and we might see the presentation tweaked along the way. So again, we might see that aisle change. Hopefully that we see him without the vest, but I'm, I'm getting used to that. As long as you've got the trunks and know the baggy shorts. Just, right. just put him in a singlet. If you want to do that, please put him in a singlet. Don't You're have desperate to see people in a singlet. You said this last week as well. Exactly. I'm campaign, right? If they're going to change his presentation, put him in a singlet. It'll look like Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb looks like a tank. But then, does he, is it too much like Biggie? Because Biggie wears, wears a singlet as well. Oh, but Biggie wears like a really low-cut one to show off his boobies, so you just make a higher-cut <laughs> one to differentiate between the two. Right, okay, right. So Alex campaigning for Keith Lee in a, a singlet. I'm campaigning for definitely better music for Keith Lee, as we all are, I think. And I'm um, campaigning for Darby Allen to be on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater too. As well. But here we go. We've all got our individual <laughs> campaigns running. Excellent. Sign the petition at Wrestling Daft. Um, Gary, thanks as ever for the news. Ah, welcome once again to Fantasy Booking Island. And this week the population has increased. There are three people on the island. No one is out on the wrestling daft raft this week because last week it was a time limit draw as declared by Alex between me and Gary. So we thought the best way to settle this would be a good old triple threat. Um, so we put out to you, the listeners, what would you like us to book? Um, and you came in with your suggestions. Karate Warrior 2 says, Sting Undertaker, what should have been when they both could still go? Good suggestion. Uh, Wally Jake said, since Brock is now a free agent, he's on the money, uh, maybe fancy book if he went to AEW or maybe even New Japan. Now that would have He already went to New Japan. It didn't work very well. We don't talk about it. We didn't go with this. There was some, there was some infighting, and like, yeah, he basically refused to work, and that's why Angle got brought in so he could drop the title to Angle, basically. There you are. Um, Gavin says, "How do you solve a problem like Maria?" I did like that, and Gary liked that as well because it's got a nice little pun about it. Uh, and he says, "Book Maria Canellas properly." Ron's Chell, who you heard uh, on the show earlier on, said, "Orange Cassidy from now to AEW champion." All brilliant suggestions, but we went with this one from Kyle MacArthur. He says. After the success of You Can't Kill David Arquette, you have to book a modern-day actor and try to get him over as a champion in pro wrestling. I like that. So we're booking that. Um, So there's been some dispute before we came on air of who goes first, who goes second, who goes third. There was no dispute. We just basically inquired as to the order, and then you got very authoritative. Right, okay. All right, do you want to do what we'll do this then? Rock, paper, scissors, all right. You okay, bet. Right, you, you two play off and I'll play the winner. Three, two, one. Oh, well. I'm holding I, scissors as well. You can't uh, see right, because of the John, this is not going to work. I'm no. Thinking, right. okay, just, just nominate the order. It's fine. We don't mind. Are you sure? I, I, you would, were... I, I will volunteer to go first if you want. The dummies were getting spit before we started this. No, they were not. I saw Gary's face. I saw your face. <laughs> so do you know what? If Gary wants to go first, I'll volunteer. We'll save the best to last. Alex is... Let's face the facts. Let's face the facts. Gary, Alex is probably going to win anyway because he's actually <laughs> taking care and precision over writing something down as opposed to me and Gary who got out a fag packet earlier on and wrote down... And according to Gary, before this feature started, was I've just written down six names which makes me feel <laughs> a lot happier about this feature. Uh, right, Gary... You you take it up first, mate. You've got the you've got the mic. 
So because uh, I've, I've only got a very basic thing, can I run down my um, my dismissed proposals that I was going to uh, go with? As long as it's within the three minutes, as long aye. as three minutes. Right, Go okay. Aye. Right, I'm starting the clock now. Cool. So the people I was going to go for, uh, I was going to cheat and say either The Rock or Gradle because they're technically actors, but I decided that was slightly cheating. And then I almost went for The Rock and Vin Diesel coming in to be uh, champions in a Fast and Furious type thing. Uh, I also almost went for Hapthor Bjornsson, the mountain teaming with the Monster Oh, Olympics. that would have been a good one. I, I almost went for them being tag team champions, but again, I thought world champion. And Seamus has previously told me he wants to work with Hugh Jackman. Uh, and also Reigns and Jason Momoa, I thought would be money. But, but, and I'm glad that you've said that because it seems like none of you have uh, chose any of them. But the one that I've went for, I've went for NXT UK. Oh! So we're going to have Walter running over Ilya Dragunov. Um, you know, I've always wanted them to be the, the title match where the title switches hands, but we're going to have him run over him. And then his next challenger is Noam Dar. And Noam Dar eventually gets the title from Walter. And this is how, uh, based on the back of a fag packet, as you would say, this is. While the Ilya Dragunov Walter series is going on, we get some wee celeb appearances in the crowd. You know, NXT needs a bit of something. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's going to be coming back, but it needs that something to just bring it back. Maybe having a Tyson Fury is a bit too much because he seems tied up with Drew McIntyre and he's no an actor, so he's disqualifies me for this. We have someone standing, standing, flat cap, suit in the crowd, heads down. You can just see a bit of a beard. Don't know who he is. And he walks away with an entourage surrounding him. We still don't really find out who he is. And then at the next TakeOver UK, he's back and he's in the front row and he looks up and it's Tom Hardy. Oh. <laughs> We've got Tom Hardy coming in and he says, you know, they've got this raw underground thing over in the States where as you guys are just getting in a ring and, you know, fighting, fake fighting, load of rubbish, I could come in there and beat up any one of you. And then we lead to Tom Hardy. He gets in the ring for a match. Um, well, whoever you want, A-Kid, go for A-Kid or Tyler Bate or something like that. He comes in just with suit trousers on, his hands taped up. You know, Charles Bronson moustache, wee bit peaky blinders. Absolutely starts tearing through people just in bare knuckle fighting aspect in the ring. And then we get him leading to Noam Dar, takes on Noam Dar, and again does the exact same thing. Becomes WWE United Kingdom champion. Everybody hates it, but there was no way around this because everybody would hate any actor winning a title. <laughs> but that's where we've went. Right. Is he coming in as Alfie Solomon? Uh, uh-huh. Alfie Solomon from Peaky Blinders, not which. Aye, that's the name. Aye, I, I aye. just went with him being Tom Hardy, but I think Alfie Solomon is the is the name. I've never yeah. watched Peaky Blinders. Oh, and right, then, then one day he could just come in with a mask and just. Be, <sighs> aye. I will break your back, man. And also him and him and Noam Dar doing uh, promos. If you think Tom Hardy and Inception doing the really eloquent promos like a Keith Lee and Noam Dar being Noam Dar, I think would be money. But I still don't want to be won the title, so I'm kinda <laughs> I'm kinda writing half my in one here. Right, oh I know I think it's decent. I think it's decent. I think that's that's a good shout. Right, I'll go next then because we know Alex. No no you're going you're going you're going last John. You've you've this has been taken out of your hands. <laughs> Alright, okay, oh, I'm, I'm going last this beforehand. Right. I you hope you guys what? have booked the same person. <laughs> Like, oh, this, is, this is why he's doing it. Right, okay. Yeah, because we're going to book, if we can book the same person, we have a very bizarre choice. Right, okay. Right, Alex, your time starts now. Okay, so Bobby Lashley is going to come out on Raw next week with the Hurt Business, and he's going to declare the open challenge for the US title because he thinks he's better than John Cena. 
So for the next few weeks, he's going to run over a bunch of opponents until he gets to a certain Dominic Mysterio. And Dominic's going to come really, really close. He's going to have him down, but then there's going to be a wee bit of interference from the Hurt Business during a 6-1-9 and so on and so forth. So the next week, the Hurt Business actually appear down on uh, down an underground and they're like, well, we've run out of challenges on Raw. We've literally had an open challenge and they're now sending the developmental talent. So we're bringing it down here. We're bringing it down to the underground. And at this point, who walks out again? But it's Dominic Mysterio. He's not very happy about being called the developmental talent and he says he wants that title shot. The Hurt Business kind of go to surround him, but he like jumps out of the way and he's like, no, no, I'll be back for my shot next week or I'll be back next week and I'll bring my back and I'll bring someone to take you out, Bobby, or whatever it is he says. Um, so, so the next week, he comes out at the beginning of the show and um, they're like, I bet you can't beat, you said he can't beat Bobby Lashley? Well, instead of a Mexican, we have a Mexican. And oh out from the back, everyone thinks it's Cain Velasquez, but it's not, it's Danny Trejo, and he's looking all built and he's wearing <laughs> an Eddie Guerrero fucking vest. And he comes out and he squares straight up to Bobby Lashley and Bobby holds up the US title and he's like, I want that for Mexico, Holmes, it's going to become the Mexican title. And so he goes for the fight, Bobby goes to punch him, he grabs his fist and he goes, you think this is boss? My fist is boss, is eh? And so the Hurt Business go to inter interfere, you can have Dominic and Ray doing like a single cross body to take both the Hurt Business out. And then Danny Trejo taps out Bobby Lashley in the middle of Raw Underground with his own full Nelson, and then he holds up the Mexican Championship as he's just renamed it. I like it. I like it. Thoughts, Gary? No, I liked it. It's not where I thought we were going to go. Again, I'm going to say I liked it, and as far as getting to Danny Trejo actually winning a title, because <laughs> I don't think I'm going to like any actor winning a title. But I forgot, I just for John, I've got, him, I've got him a nickname too. Oh, no. Okay. He's going to be the militant Mexican. Oh, I thought you were going to add Machete in there some way. But I no, I've tried, I've tried very hard to not mention Machete or any of the actual roles he was in, as I thought that would be a little bit cheating. Right, okay then. I guess it's my turn. That was good. Um, here's Fag Packet, Saros, um, and my attempt to try and win. And a triple threat. See if I win this in a triple threat against the two of you, this would be the best victory ever. So I'm really hoping you listeners will vote for this. Here we go. Are you ready? Right, for some way reason, Miz is... Go we are on Fantasy Booking Island after all. Miz has the US title, okay? So, you know, he's had all these reigns as US champion before, as an Intercontinental champion. Him, he's still aligned with Morrison. Obviously, you know, he come, he's the Hollywood A-lister he always likes to put over after his stints in Marine 5, 6, 7, 8... However long he's just that goes. Danny Trejo for the US Championship. I mean, how more Hollywood can you get, mate? Like, that's, that's... You know, he's just beaten Danny Trejo for the US <laughs> Championship. And uh, he holds it all off in the ring, said, you know, not only am I the US Champion, I'm number one in Hollywood with my friend uh, John Morrison because they've just made Marine 8, you know, that's done really, really successful via WWE Studios, which isn't even a thing anymore. That's how much the fans are doing. I am... A, glorified Hall of Famer on the way. I am the US champion and I'm a Hollywood A-lister. Beat that. Suddenly we hear some music. Who's walking out? It's Schwarzenegger, isn't it? It's Schwarzenegger and he's come to take what it says. I am a glorified Hall of Famer already, says Arnold Schwarzenegger to the Miz. I want that title. 
So I, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm in the Hall of Fame. Now I want the title just to prove how better I'm A-list in Hollywood. You think you're A-list, I'm going to show you who's A-list. Anyway, beat down ensues. Arnie gets beaten up by The Miz. Boo! Right, okay, so, again, the next night at the, at the pay-per-view, Miz has just swept aside Kofi Kingston to retain the US Championship. So, again, you hear the music. Out comes Arnie to answer an open challenge from Miz. But not only is it Arnie, he's brought some back out, back up this time. And then the music from Die Hard plays. And who is it? It's none other than Bruce Willis. Not only that, the music from Rocky then plays. And who comes along? It's Sylvester Stallone. But basically from that point on, we have formed a new faction called Planet Hollywood. Yes, the founders of Planet Hollywood are back together. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and Willis. And they are the newest faction in WWE, Planet Hollywood. They go down to the ring. They don't do a running because they're a bit too old and can't really do that anymore. Anyway, they run down to the ring. They win the title. Arnie is a US champion with help, with a little help from Willis and Stallone. And we're there. We're off to the races with Planet Hollywood. Thank you very much. I, I would like to call a disqualification on John McAnally. It was under three minutes. Alan was to book an actor. You booked three. Absolutely not. I, I think, I think wrestling draft fans on Twitter, please, if you vote for John, you're an idiot. And secondly, I think there should be a vote on whether or not John gets disqualified. Absolutely not. That was absolutely fine. He's just got back up. He's just got back up um, from... They got their own music. Backup doesn't get their own music. Yes, they do. Well, and then, if you think WWE only paying for Keith Lee's music, I don't think they're paying <laughs> for those three. <laughs> Listen, you'll get the fine, you'll get the Terminator license, no bother at all. Arnie's got a lot of sway in Hollywood. You'll be fine with that. Anyway, so that's my booking. Arnold Schwarzenegger to win the US Championship. Alex booking is Danny Trudgeo to win the US Stroke Mexican Championship. And Gary's got Tom Hardy going after the UK World Championship against Noam. So there's your uh, three that you've got to vote for. Um, get on our Patreon now. now. You can vote on the best booking and then uh, we'll find out who the winner is but we'll need to do it over the weekend so we've got something to book next week so stay tuned on our twitter channels and you'll find out who the winner is over the coming week thanks very much boys so that's it for this week's uh, wrestling daft the marks thank you very much for listening rate review and subscribe on apple whatever you get your podcast and remember vote on fantasy booking island across the weekend vote to disqualify john Sign up, to the, sign up to the Patreon, ignore Alex, uh, and get voting on Fancy Booking Island, and don't tweet anything about me being disqualified. Thank you very much. Uh, remember, we go twice a week now. You get us on a Tuesday, and you get Rab and Grado this Friday. Remember to watch, was it Hellfest, uh, ECW? Oh, God, I've totally forgotten the name of the pay-per-view, and we are talking about it earlier on. Ron's cello even mentioned it, John. Hardcore, Hardcore Heaven. Yeah. I think. Yeah, watch Hardcore Heaven 2000 um, for your retro review homework. Um, list of Wrestling Daft this week, we put up, because Mauro's leaving NXT, we thought we'd put up the best commentators, and because Heyman's back against the best managers. What do you think won it, boys? Commentators? Managers. It was the managers. 
uh, best manager for you, Gary, in the wrestling? I think as Paul Heyman. I think Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar has gave him even more longevity than he ever would have had. Uh, so I would definitely say Paul Heyman. Heyman, Alex. China, because she was great at just standing looking like a menacing beast and looked like more of a beast than Michaels and Triple H back in the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I've got to go for Jimmy Hart. I just love Jimmy Hart. Ah, and the yeah. anyway, I lo- love that. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure Rab's going to be... It's only going to be one winner. It's going to be Bobby the Brain, but... Aye. Get, get, get... Um, well, see, see if you did commentary. He was probably going to win that as well. So <laughs> it didn't really matter which one it was. I know, I know, I know. So get tweeting and let us know who you think the best manager in wrestling is. Uh, remember, you can get on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. We've talked about that enough. Um, where can we get you, Gary, for so we can wind you up and try and bait you? <laughs> Wrestling Gary on Twitter, and I'll just be uh, putting everything on there. I just created my own website this week, which is garycassidy.co.uk, oh. but I'll just be putting everything on Twitter anyway. Um, and stay tuned for another interview with Chris Jericho coming very soon. So. Oh, there you go. Well, we have it on this show. Most likely. Nah, oh. most likely have it next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> will you, will you just to grab a circle. On this show, though, John. Well, I these two wrestling daft um, podcasters who wouldn't be very happy about it. Yeah, I, I might not tell them about that one. Don't tell um, them about it. They don't listen to this show anyway, so don't tell Rab and Grado that we're getting Chris Jericho on this show. Um, thank you very much for listening. Do you want to plug your Twitter or plug anything, Alex? I want to ha- I want to plug hashtag the Spotify John. Oh, don't shut up, you. Right, okay, until next time, uh, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.